Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of United by Wrestling. I'm your host, Dustin Destruction, with my co-host... Dave here. And we are going to review Full Gear from tonight. What a show. Um, Before we get started, I, we're doing this because you guys killed the support from AEW All Out Review Show. That is our highest played episode of all time. And we are definitely better advised than we were for that one. <laughs> if you like more of our content, if you like this show, make sure to check out the Alicia uh, Toot. The interview queen. It's an interview I did the other day. Check first it interview out. first interview by myself. And then if you like that, make sure to check our Marshall and Ross von Eric episode. We have a whole bunch of content for any new viewer. And on that note, let's get started. Alright, Dave. What'd you think about AEW before we get into the matches? What'd you think about full gear tonight in general? I thought in general the pay per view killed it. From start to beginning, there was a few eh moments but overall it was worth 50 bucks if you haven't bought it yet what's wrong with you go buy it you'll like it trust me and um what would you rate it out of 10 i'm gonna give it a solid nine really yeah. i i personally enjoyed it you know you, you weren't able to watch aw all out because you were out of work at work sorry out of work he's not jobless <laughs> sorry you were at work so you weren't able to watch that, and it was rough to watch. So, you know, watching Full Gear tonight definitely made me feel glad about spending that money because after All Out, I was really like, is AEW worth spending 50 60 bucks anymore for? Oh, like, trust I, me. I heard the rants. So you heard the rants. You heard everybody ranting. It was not a great show. So I, I believe Full Gear really bounced back today. So I rate it a 9 out of 10. You know, there was one match. And, you know, two matches, you know, one was supposed to be for comedic relief after the great first match of the night. But, you know, the women's talent match, we'll get into that. I wasn't <sighs> a fan of that. So, let's start with the buy-in. What do you think of Allison K versus Serena D for the NWA Women's Championship? I thought it was an actually a really good buy-in match. This, is, this was the first time seeing Serena Deeb in action. Now, I'm a pretty bad wrestling fan. No shocker there. I haven't been caught up on NWA. So this is my first time re-getting introduced to it. And I liked... I liked the submission holds that they did. I liked the fact that they were targeting the leg. And I also liked the fact that I have not seen a power driver done like that before. Yeah, Serenity Lock's a pretty cool finisher. So... I enjoyed it. I think Serena Deeb, you know, is great. I'm glad she's out wrestling now again because I, I believe she was a trainer at the Performance Center. Someone can correct me on that if I'm wrong in the comments. So she hasn't been doing it for a while. So it's great to see her kind of showcasing her talents again. The only thing that confuses me, though, so Serena Deeb is an NWA Women's Champion. But I don't, once again, correct me, I don't think she's, you know, contracted to NWA. But Allison so. can Allison K, K, who said this week, <clears throat> is not contract with NWA anymore, yet she's fighting for the title. So maybe it's just because I haven't been able to watch NWA Power or anything in a long time because they took that small break after COVID came out, and I am not caught up. So unfortunately, I'm not in the know. But here's the thing. So Deep retains. Great match. Worked delay. Great psychology. All around great work. You know, Allison K has a lot of potential. I think... For, you know, uh, she's pretty good too. So that's great. You know, if the if the AEW can pull her in, 
you know, that would be a big sign of fresh air for the women's division. You know, I don't think she's signed yet. I think Serena is, but so that's great. But after the match, Thunder Rosa came out and, you know, got in the face of Serena D. What did you think about that? I thought Thunder Rosa came out and said, listen, that's my title. I'm coming back for it. There's nothing you can do about it. Are you interested in the Serena D. Thunder Rosa feud? Are you interested in Thunder Rosa in AEW? Uh, yes. I'm interested in any women's feud in AEW. That's good because they desperately need good women's feuds. Because, once again, I don't think Thunder Rosa's contracted either. I think she's been doing appearances that NWA's letting her. I'm not sure if she's still contracted for NWA or not. So I'm not going to sit here and say this or that or cause speculation. The match was phenomenal. And this is where the first rant comes. I want to get out of the way so people don't think we're sitting here whining <laughs> the whole, you know, card. And I'm going to save it. You know, I'm not going to do it for the women's title match later. But why is it that the MWA women's title picture is more relevant in AEW than the actual AEW women's title? Is that just me feeling that way? No. That's the same way with me. I'm sitting here thinking, why is another company's top women's title being featured which should have been on the actual pay-per-view, not the buy-in, by the way. It should have flopped, switched, That's and have the actual great. women's title match be on the buy-in itself. Yeah, but it's not a great look to have another company's title on the card and the, the company's title on the pre-show. No, not really, <laughs> but when you got an owner who don't care, what can you do? The problem is, is I feel like people are more invested in these wrestlers than they are in the women's division. AEW's women division. That's sad. That's not anything that AEW women's doing wrong. That's no. solely Tony Khan and his booking. Yeah. You know, and people are like, oh, what do you get rid of to put them on Dynamite? Because all they do for the women's divisions, yeah, they have like a match or two, maybe. Like, I think Nyla Rose had a match against somebody on Dynamite this last week. And then she went over to the barricade and pulled the champion out of the stands. You know, that's all. Yeah. yeah. I just don't think they're very spotlighted, so... That's my opinion. People can disagree, and they have the right to disagree, obviously. But I just feel like they're not utilized. But then the argument comes, well, what do you take off to add to the women on there? So what would you say they should take off to add to women and give them more time on Dynamite every week? I think we need to take off the comedic stuff. I think the Dark Order doesn't need to be on there all the time. I don't really think Miro needs to be on there unless you're going to actually do something with him. Yeah, the Kip Sabian Miro thing makes no sense. I think you could have probably spotlight the women's title more than that. And Orange Cassidy's a draw, so I, I get why they want him on there. But I just thought the John Silver Orange Cassidy match was just kind of thrown together. I mean, I don't know. I think that didn't even be on there. But I'm not the booker. I'm not a wrestling booker. No. Neither are you. So maybe there's more that goes into it than we're thinking. I just think they've poorly demonstrated the women's division since the inception. It doesn't seem to be getting better. It just doesn't no. sit right with me that another company's title is more important and more entertaining than the actual company's women's champion. She is a great champion, but she's you know, so I feel bad, but I don't know. We'll get to and that. Now, Go ahead. Here's my small rant. Um, guys, correct me if I'm wrong here about why haven't they fixed the title, the women's title to begin with? If they could spend money on a broken TNT title, which was done in what? Less than two months? Two weeks? I think it's completed now. Yeah. Point is, 
you had an entire year to fix that belt. Next year's resolution, if Tony Khan was a businessman, should please make the women's title look more like a title. Well, he is, not a, bu- something- he is a businessman, a very successful, rich businessman. I, I get your point. <laughs> I get your point. Yeah. It looks like something I buy off of a discounted shop for five bucks. It's like Rio's small, so it's like they sized it for her when she became the inaugural champion, but then they never, like, they never <laughs> resized it? No. It really does, unfortunately. I mean, it's worth more, but it does look like one of those towels you could buy at Walmart that you and me used to carry around when we were in middle school. Oh, jeez. So, that's the rant. I just, I don't know. I just, it, it's weird to me that the NWA women's towel match was more entertaining than the actual companies. But we'll get to the comp- actual companies here on the actual card. So the yeah. first match of the night was Kenny Omega versus Hangman Page. Tag- former tag team partners, former tag team champions, former elite members going on against each other. And the winner becomes the number one t- contender to the world title. What were your thoughts on this match? I was not expecting this to kick off the pay-per-view whatsoever. I thought this match was going to be a little down the road. But the, since it did kick it off, the storytelling was great. I mean, like you said before, there's been so much history between these two men. They did all the way back from their tag teams or elite stuff. So when they had this match, you could tell story-wise that Kenny was focused on winning and focused on needing to get back to his New Japan days. And then you got Paige over here in his own mind thinking... Do I have it anymore to win against my own tag partner? And that stuff back and forth, you could just see it. I mean, one one example here is when they started a chop fest in the beginning of the match. I don't know if Paige meant to botch it a little bit, but he chopped Kenny in the throat. <laughs> you could tell by the choking. You and then later on down the match. Hmm? Are you sure that wasn't just good selling on Kenny's part? <laughs> no, it was great selling. And then that moonsault that Kenny did on the outside, on that barricade area, mm-hmm. it looked like he didn't get it all the way. Yeah. So. And then to end the match, as Kenny was trying to hit that one-winged angel, you could tell Paige was kind of like to get out of it, but he didn't get out of it quite good enough, and which I think is what ended the match, is what put Paige... Done? Yeah, I think so. And, you know, like you mentioned, you know, it was off to a fast, furious start. You know, Paige was hitting the chops. They were exchanging chops and, you know, a couple moves. But I feel like Kenny kind of dominated the middle match of it. And, you know, one thing that I thought was important that, you know, like Scalbers mentioned is how Kenny was sitting there talking to himself most of the match. Oh, yeah, that, yeah, he that did that too. You can you kind of can see the wheels are turning. You know they had to clean her entrance. You know the ladies with the brooms. You know sweeping. You know and Kenny was showing a lot of aggressiveness. And I feel like Hangman was I don't know. It was an incredible match. A great storytelling. You know Kenny you know using the dragon screw through the ropes, weakening the leg. I feel like that was a big aspect of the show. It seemed like it was pick a body part and work at night at mm-hmm. full gear. And I'm a big fan of that kind of wrestling. You know and that. You know, moonsault from the barricade was really impressive. but And I feel like after that, you know, for the most part, Kenny took over. Yeah. But, you know, we got the couple of uh, 
Speed triggers his face, and then a one-winged angel, and Kenny Omega won. He's now the new number one contender to the AEW men's title. Are you happy about that? Yeah, I think that I think that's going to be a really great match, actually. I missed Moxie and Kenny round one. I'm not missing round two this time. Yeah, because that was an unsanctioned match. That was kind of a random match. This is going to be, I think, a straight-up wrestling match, so that's going to be really interesting. So, what do you think's next for Hangman, then? Hmm, that's a good question. Um, you think their feud's over? I don't think it is, but I think it's going to be a while before we see it again. So I think Hangman's going to go away for a while. There's a little foreshadowing, though, at the end of the FTR and Bucks match when Kenny and them were celebrating the ring. You can see someone. We'll, we'll get into that. Yeah. But, you know, I think they're setting Omega up for a big world title run. I can't tell if he's a heel or face. It seems to me like he's playing a heel, so maybe they're going to have him go on a massive heel title run here soon. I mean, do you think he'll be the one to beat Mox? I think he has the closest closest one to beat Mox, yes. If anybody's going to beat Mox, it's, it might be him. I f- yeah, I think so. I think it's been set for a while, you know, with them bringing the cleaner gimmick back and you know, he's channeling that darker place. You know, he's not trying to be the person of reason anymore, it seems like, like he was trying to be. So after that match, they announced AEW Games Night on Tuesday. Do you have any interest in that? I'm not I'm 100% sure what it is. It's not Omega's only. Do you think they reveal made an AEW video game? I think they're not going to reveal, like, an, like, the actual thing itself. I think it's going to be, like, maybe a 30-second clip of maybe a trailer. But I don't think they just full out say, here it is, here's your release date, go get it now. So I was a little confused because, you know, what else would they do for a game? I said, like, a whole show dedicated to it? Is it, like, Kenny Omega and someone streaming video games on TNT? Like, I'm kind of confused on what the heck it's going to... Is it um, going to be Miro making a gimmick still about it? Like, <laughs> <laughs> From what the information I've been gathering on it, because I've done a little bit of research... It looks to me like they've been trademarking like mobile games, maybe some console games. Heck, they could just do what the other company is doing mm-hmm. and just have their superstars stream on that certain YouTube channel. Yeah. Kind of like Xavier Woods and them do with Up, Up, Down, Down and stuff. Pretty much. But I don't, I don't it's know. It's curious. I mean, we, we're both gamers, but I know you're a bigger one. So are you interested, though? I'm very interested. Okay. I don't know. I'm not sure what to think. You know, I game, but I'm not like diehard where I'd probably watch a two-hour show about AEW games, but I could be I could be mistaken. Maybe it'll be impressive. Oh, I'll uh, probably catch the reruns. I work that day anyway, so. <laughs> so up next, we got Orange Cassidy versus John Silver. What did you think about this match? I know you had some opinions about it going in before we started. Now, before everyone starts getting on their happy internet trigger, let me explain my reasoning for what for what I'm about to say. John Skyler is like four foot tall. Silver. Okay? John Silver. Silver. Sorry. <laughs> He's four foot tall. Okay. He should not be able to, with one hand, lift up and gorilla press a guy like Orange Cassidy. <laughs> it doesn't look very realistic. Oh boy, it's just a, I don't like small guys rant you've saved for a long time. 
No, 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 no. This isn't a small guy's rant. Orange Cassidy and him are almost the same body length. But if you think about it realistically, uh-huh. the dude shouldn't be that jacked for somebody who's four foot tall. Uh, <laughs> okay, uh, that's what your that was your takeaway from the match. Some smaller guy. <laughs> I guess that shows how much you cared about that match at your interest level. <laughs> I mean, no, the, the beginning of the match was fine. The whole in the hands of the pockets and them going off with the comedy gimmick. No, I'm not. I'm saying the match is good. I'm not saying I didn't like it. I'm just, I was referring to that particular part. I didn't really think make a whole lot of sense. So I think it did its part in the fact that no one was expecting it to be a five-star classic. It was supposed to be the cool down from, you know, the Omega page match. So I think it did its job. It was kind of funny that silver ripped the pockets out of, uh, Orange Cassidy's pants. That was funny. There was that whole thing. I don't know what I'm missing that he didn't like the hands in the pockets in general. No, I'm not sure what that was about, but they played on that. I mean, that's really extended. I mean, Orange Cassidy won. I don't think there's really any. I don't think anyone fought less. I think it was just a way to get Cassidy on the card. Yeah, because you know people love him. It was a draw, I guess, if you want to put it that way. So I don't have too many thoughts about that match, honestly. I mean, it did its job. It did what they wanted to do. It got the crowd going a little bit. I mean, what did you think about all the crowd being there? I actually really enjoyed all the crowd being there. Except I didn't hear much of them interacting. At least at the beginning portions of the card. Yeah, I picked up later. Definitely. I mean, I heard the you know, AE dub chants once in a while and... Freshly squeezed, I think I heard once in a while, but yeah, they were quiet at the they were quiet a little bit in the beginning, but it did it was nice to have them back and kind of get a little bit of a normal. I mean, they've had fans at Dynamite, but I think this is the biggest crowd they've had. I thought they read they had like a thousand or something. They were selling tickets for a thousand. Yeah, it didn't really hit a thousand. It it almost came close. Uh, they did not sell out. I don't think I saw. A thousand seats sold out, but I wasn't paying attention to the crowd, to be honest, so who knows? Yeah. So, that was cool. Alright, up next, we got the TNT Championship match. Cody versus Darby. Cody Rhodes, now, versus Darby this Allen. Is Cody Rhodes. What'd you think about this match? This match played off exactly what it needed to do. It took Darby Allen and made him into... The face of the TNT. The storyline made sense. The whole Cody's, uh, Cody Rhodes, sorry. The whole story went off of, I've already had three matches with you. All these other people, after their first year of being rookies, they moved up. You haven't done anything yet. It's time for you to either be a star or be left in the shadows. And he didn't think he had what it took to be a star. So that's kind of storyline going into that. Exactly. And I will be, I'm surprised that some of those moves that Darby Allen kicked out of were quite shocking, especially the top rope crossroads. I thought right then and there that was supposed to be it right there. Yeah, I was really impressed. That was awesome, the top rope. And I liked Cody's facial expressions too when he was getting irritated and angry and kept rolling out of the ring, not listening to Arn Anderson. (laughs) Like, you really could tell Cody was like, this guy will not stay down. Oh, geez. Yeah, he was not taking that match. He was not taking the match seriously at all in the beginning. No. 
And you could tell by the end when he lost to via a roll-up. <laughs> and Arn's just like, I, why? Why do you not listen to me? Why? Arn had that exasperated, like, malfopin look. <laughs> and Cody's just, like, there for his, like, annoyed, like, frustrated look. So, any last takeaways of that match? That was a four... 4.5 star match for me. 4.5. Okay. <laughs> it was a good match. So, you know, are you happy Darby's champion? Is that something you wanted to see? or? Yes, because it shows me that Cody's not just hogging the TNT tile for himself. That he's allowing other people to hold it. Yeah, especially it looked weird how... You know, Brody Lee being formed in like a week after Cody won it. It was kind of weird. So yeah. kind of glad to see someone else hold it. And I, in Shipsa, who's not on here tonight, predicted that Darby would be one. Darby, MJF, and Sammy would be future champions in AW. So tonight, one of them was, you know, one. So that's kind of cool. You know, see an upring. He's the first guy, I think. Really on the roster that is a champion that wasn't a part of Elite or a former WWE superstar. No, he really is. Because we had, what, Jericho Mox, Cody, Brody, and then... FTR. FTR, Kenny Omega, and then... I mean, Scorpio Sky and Kaz, I guess, weren't the inaugural tag team champions. Yeah. So, it was kind of cool to see someone get it in differently, but I like the match. You know, it had good, you know... Pretty boy, you know, Prince of Pro Wrestling, you know, I'm part of Rhodes, you know, you don't look have what it takes, you don't look like a champion, you have weird paint on your face, you know, you're, you know, small. Your you nails know. are pa- painted pink. So I look like a champion, I take this seriously, I beefed up 14 pounds of muscle for this match, you know, because I like to, I fight the big dogs, Lance Archer, you know, you're not even close to my level, I beat you three times. You know, Cody had that thing going in. You could see it at the beginning. He was just muscling Darby around. He pretty much dominated the whole match, to be honest with you. Yeah. You know, but the good storytelling is you have, you have Arn, you know, what are you doing? Work him. From around. Stay him on the ground. Stay focused. So work on that arm or something. Yeah, because, you know, he was doing that. Um, What's the move called where Hammerlock? Yeah, yes, he was the working the whole time, and then all of a sudden Cody gets away from it, so you start seeing Cody's kind of mentality that Darby was getting under his skin. Yeah. And then, you know, he tried to go for that moonsault. You know, just Let doing things. Throw just, onto the outside. Ooh, that was... Yeah, just doing things that Arn wasn't telling him to do, so I wonder if that's going to cause friction for a storyline, possibly. Probably. But that's not where Darby and him are heading, because after the match, after Darby won... Brian Cage and Ricky Starks came out and beat the crap out of him. So, do you... Literally, I, too. Yeah, so they beat him around. They threw him on top of his car. And then on top of some, like, sign in the crowd. I can't remember what... I don't know exactly what that was. Oh, that was, I think that was an LTD light. A full gear LTD board. Yeah, something like that. And that was after Cody, you know, hit the crop, You know, beat him up good in that match. You know, hammerlock, you know powerbomb to the outside of the ring. It literally launched him in the crossroads and you know, so Darby Darby had a rough night. He was definitely the bump bump guy of that match. He probably took some yeah. of the most bumps in that whole card. And you could also bumps. tell that there's friction already in between Team Taz. Alright, explain. Well have you noticed 
after they got the crap beat out of them and both men grabbed the TNT title, Cage and Starks were pulling out, pulling it away from one another. I noticed that. Are you and invested? Taz has to come in and take it himself. Are you invested in Team Taz? Yes. You like very him? Much. What? Like, I don't know how to feel. I think I wasn't a fan of you know, Brian Cage. You know, he needs a mic worker. I think you know Taz was good yeah. for him. Ricky Starks, I didn't think needed to be part of it in the first place. So maybe this can signal, you know, maybe him breaking away from Team Taz finally. But who goes after the TNT title? Do you feel it'll be Cage or Ricky Starks first? It has to be Ricky Starks. I mean, Cage already technically has a title, so I mean... Yeah, the FTW title? Yeah. And Didn't he have a world title match already? Yeah, he already had one too with Mox as well, so... Yeah, with Taz Fru and Natal, so... I'm not sure where they're going for that. I get confused with the whole Team Taz thing. You know, and hopefully... They, I, I hope Ricky breaks soon. You know, I think him in a Darby feud would be fun. You know, and I'm really looking forward to because there's a limited possibilities of Darby. You know, he's different style. You know, he's not, you know, once again, we brought, you know, the typical, I hate to say this, but I feel like Cody's playing the typical WWE big guy gimmick right now. Yeah. It kind of, doesn't it kind of seem It comes like off that? that way. Royal family, nice clothes, beefy muscles said so bragging about the muscle he puts on how he's big you know he's fighting the heavyweights now that's who he wants to fight you know he doesn't want to fight a guy like darby i just realized something what remember how cody can't go for the world title anymore yeah cody rhodes can now you re you really are looking that deep into it i'm just saying you think a change of last name will break that stipulation that's a hot take it could happen. I don't know. Are you a fan of Cody? Are you glad to see Cody have his full name back? Yeah, because it should have never been taken away to begin with. It well, seems silly. Vince had the copyright to it. You know, Dusty Rhodes' name, I believe, was copyright. He owned the copyright right to Nick Rhodes. It was petty not to just let him have it, but, I mean, technically, Vince had the right to keep it. Obviously, he didn't care anymore because he let it go now. Cody's back as Cody Rhodes. But it just sounds weird now when people keep trying to chant Cody Rhodes. It was better with Cody, honestly. Yeah. I feel like Cody's one of those people who were cutting off the last name that you worked. <laughs> Not like Matt Riddle or whatever. As weird as that sounds. Isn't it like Riddle now? Yeah, it's just Riddle, bro. Yeah. So I enjoyed the match. I kind of like the direction. I'm interested to see where they go with Darby Allen now from now on. It's kind of cool to see a fresh face in the title picture and him kind of over, come over and beat Cody Rhodes finally after coming so close. It's kind of cool to see the culmination of that. Hopefully they just don't book him to lose it immediately afterwards. Yeah, to Cody Rhodes. <laughs> or Lance Archer or somebody else. It'll be, well, you mean Cage or... Starks, it's probably his next feud, so I'm assuming hopefully he doesn't lose it to one of them right away. Yeah. That would suck. Alright, up next we got we had an interview with QT Marshall and Dustin Rhodes and there's going to be a bunkhouse match on Dynamite. Yeah. What the hell is that? I literally just had to look this up because I didn't know what it was either. From what my gathering was, it's essentially... You wear cowboy attire, what? And you beat the hell out of each other. So it's like a barn fight kind of thing, or something. I guess. Cowboy attire. 
I guess it's a way of getting people invested. You know, when I give that to AEW, they come up with these random match types. A bunkhouse match I feel like I've never seen before, so it'll be interesting. I mean, do you like the fact that they keep promoting next week's Dynamite over the pay-per-view? I think, you know, it's what they have to do. I mean, I know where you cuss in the other thing. I mean, you don't hear about, oh, this is happening on Raw during a WWE pay-per-view, but... You know, they have to, you know, they're new. You know, they're only a little year old. You know, you're, you know, there's people possibly watching Dynamite for the first time. I mean, not Dynamite, AEW for the first time. I don't know. I mean, I don't know who would spend 60 bucks to watch AEW for the first time, but maybe somebody did that. <laughs> so Then again, I feel like WCW did the same thing, so maybe they're just intertwining uh, everything. They seem to be doing, they seem to do a lot of that with the whole intertwining former WCW stuff, but. I'm interested. It's a new match type. You know, it's creative, and that's what I like about AEWs. They're not afraid to throw random things out there and try it. So, all right. This is where the subjects get kind of, I don't know. Up next, we had Sheeta versus Nyla Rose. What were your takeaways? This match. Um, I'm going to be honest with you here. Since there was no booking at all to it, I really could care less. Mm-hmm. Only because of two things. One, the way they're booking Nyla to essentially be the female Brock Lesnar. I don't show up to TV unless you give me title matches, yada, yada, yada. And the fact that Nyla did come in, essentially dominate most of the entire match. Mm-hmm. Work on Sheeta's legs. Mm-hmm. And then somehow Sheeta's pulling off suplexes. Yeah, the selling wasn't great, but... How is a, how do you pull off suplexes on Nyla after not having a leg, essentially? That's a great question. And then you essentially do a superplex on top of all that? I mean, I guess it just shows the heart of the champion. I guess that's what they're going for. I mean, do you think so? that's maybe... I mean, that's the only thing I can think of. I mean, no, you're right, but normally if you if your leg's so banged up, you ain't pulling out suplexes. Maybe one, but not like four. I don't know. I honestly, I don't have much to say. I think we said that at the beginning. I really And I'm do. sure I'm going to get a bunch of angry AEW marks getting all mad at me in the comment section. I apologize. I'm just calling it how it is. I, yeah, I, I was bored. I didn't have much investment. I, I said earlier, I think she is a great champion, but you know there isn't much build. I feel like, you know, Nyla, I have no interest at all, and you know, Vicky Guerrero pairing makes no sense to me. So you put a Karen with a Nyla Rose. Vicky, well, hey, Vicky Guerrero plays the stereotypical Karen very well. She's done that for yes, years. Yes. I'll give her that. <laughs> I think I know what they were trying to go with with Vicky being partnered with Nyla, but I don't think they executed it very well. All right, well, please enlighten me because I don't. What were they going for? I feel like since they are both vicious women (laughs) and Vicky Guerrero is known for being vindictive and has managerial experience (sighs) and knows how to help heels out, they figured we pair her with Nyla and then maybe Nyla starts winning. You Maybe think... they thought Nyla needed help. Nyla, Nyla, Nyla 
does need a mouthpiece. That I will say, but Vicky Grail is just kind of random. But I guess who do you put with her? So, and then you have you know Vicky running down Nyla after the match, and you stop swatting. It's you're doing something, Mike. Um, you that have, makes sense at all. Yeah, so you have you know Nyla getting run down by Vicky after the match, you know, screaming at her. So you know, Nyla looked a little annoyed with it. So do you think that partnership will break down soon? Oh, that's probably going to be done by like a week or two. Yeah, I don't know. Hopefully, you know, they actually put them on dynamite and cultivate that storyline. Let us know why they break up, but. No, they'll probably just do it on AEW Dark because they think everybody watches their YouTube channel. Which, which is not most people don't. So, that was that match. You know, she is still champion. I think she's a great champion, but hopefully eventually they'll actually take it seriously and start utilizing the women's division and utilize her talent. But, all right. Well, hopefully. This match, I think was match of the night, but, oh, boy. It's up there for tag team mat- wrestling matches. What some of my favorite? I'm not gonna say best of all time. I don't. I don't. I think that's subjective. What? F, so we got FTR versus the Young Bucks. If the Young Bucks lose, they can never compete for the AEW tag titles again. You know, unfortunately, they kind of forced out it was gonna be a Young Bucks win. You know that, but I didn't think that ruined the match for me at all. What do you think? This fantasy booking was done absolutely correct. I mean, from the get-go, it was done wonderfully. You had Matt Jackson's ankle, which you already knew was going to be a main target of the match. But then later on in the match, Dax injures his hand. And then, it's it's just so many good classic tag team wrestling spots here. You have... Young Bucks portraying the Hardys, Team 3D. You have FTR over here using the Heart Foundation moves, Steiners. the Steiner moves. I mean, there's just so many good parts of this entire match that it was hard to keep up. And F, you know, and FTR even went back to NXT days and did a DIY move, which exactly. I thought was really cool from their rivalry then. You know, I, think- I mean, one thing that the FTR probably shouldn't have tried to do was stall too long and try to play Super Kick City with the two best people to do Super, super Kicks with. And then a 450 splash from Cash Wheeler. Because, I mean, after that amazing submission hold on Matt's leg with no protection on, by the way, once you hit that Super Kick, you should have ended it right then and there. <laughs> well, but no, you decide to do... What you do best and try to mock your opponent and then you end up losing. I thought the match was phenomenal. The Clash of Styles, you know, the Young Bucks are, you know, a faster paced team. FTR is known as, you know, slowing it down, working, you know, ring psychology kind of stuff. You know, and then you normally have that, but you have the Clash of Eras. Yes. You have the old school Hardys and Steiners, but then you have the new school Team 3D. Not new school for the current people. What we grew up on was the Hardys and the Dudleys and stuff. So I thought that was really cool to kind of put tributes to the teams of the past that they looked up to. So that storytelling was great. And, then, and, you know, and also, one last thing, sorry. Tully not being out there actually made the match five times better. Why do you think so? 
Because I feel like if Tully was out there, he would have done his normal healish tactics, manager-wise. You wouldn't have got all these amazing spots. It would have been more spots on Tully. Tully would have tried to interfere. Probably would have tried to help. Do you know Tully doing his job? You think he'd be out there doing his job too much? <laughs> he'd be out there doing his job. I wouldn't say it wouldn't have taken away from the match. <laughs> yes. You know who was getting really butthurt about him not being out there? JR. <laughs> He's like, I don't see what's wrong with Tully. What is a pro wrestling manager supposed to do? Not help? He should be oh. out there. It's unfair. Like, No, I understand. At that point, yeah, it's, I'm glad he's not out there now. <laughs> he's like, don't be wrong. This match is great without him out there. But he's like, what is a pro wrestling manager supposed to do? This is not, this is stupid. He's just doing his job while he's out there. <laughs> JR. So JR, you trying to play a heel? Like mid match and Shivani and Excalibur. So, like, what are you doing, dude? <laughs> Too much dying Mountain Dew, apparently. <laughs> it's like, I'm hyped up. I think I've a few too many Diet Mountain Dews today. I mean, at least we were getting passion for JR for the first time in, in years. <laughs> <laughs> at least he wasn't botching names of wrestlers or calling them girls instead of he's again. Yeah, at least he had that going for him. But the match was phenomenal. The clash of styles. The. Tributes to generations, you know, the you know ring work, you know, this, you know, the typical slow down, you know, tag team maneuvers, you know, holding the tag rope, you know, FTR going back old school versus you know young bucks who do their thing. I loved it. I felt it was much better than FTR's last pay per view match with uh, Omega and Page when they won the titles. I, I don't think this, I saw that one. You didn't. That was all out. Oh. I mean, shapes are once again covered. So. <laughs> Um, so I loved it, but what was weird about it was while Kenny Omega, who was shirtless, he couldn't put a shirt on from the first match. Like, I don't get that. Did you see how red his chest was? You probably couldn't put a shirt back on. He didn't put it on later in the night either. You're right. No, he, <laughs> he didn't, didn't put a shirt on the whole night after his match. Like, <laughs> what is he doing? He's pulling you when you're on our Skype chats. So... He came out, Young Bucks were celebrating, then you can see at the shadow, there's someone standing in the tunnel, and Shivani was like, oh, he should come out, and, you know, don't be shy, come out and celebrate. It must have been Hangman. I think it could have looked like, was that I mean, Hangman? I did I, but maybe it was. You know, and that's foreshadowing, you know, made her finally going to go with that four horse, new four horsemen men stable they've been teasing with Tolly, FTR, and Hangman. I could see it. Is that something you would be interested in as a f new version of Four Horsemen? Yeah, I'm on for it. That would be interesting to see, providing Tully isn't upset after <laughs> storyline purposes, after losing the tag titles. Yeah, I'm curious to see. I don't think that will happen. Heck, they aren't. I mean, do you think Cody joins that too? I know that was a rumor name in the past. Is that what's next for Cody, do you think? I think it's either going to go that way, or I think Cody tries to find his way out of the stipulation and try to go for the world title picture again. Because so, I didn't get a good sense of direction with Cody where he's going, because, yeah, Cage and Starks attacked him after the match, but that, it was only, like, one or two moves, and then they focused on Darby. So I don't know if he's going to be part of that or what. So, if, I mean, maybe he joins that. But I'm a, I think it would be a cool thing. You know, FTR, you know, have that old-school tag team wrestling mentality, and I think Hangman... You know, he's not going to be Ric Flair or whatever. You know, no one will be, but, you know, he, I think he could be a big single star, you know, and help push that. So I'm interested. I can see it. 
you know, because I don't know, you know, maybe they, that maybe that means the Hangman Omega feud isn't over. I mean, maybe they're gonna have because they never had that blood and guts War Games match. Maybe it'll be the Elite versus Team whatever that's gonna be called. Speaking of blood and guts, where's that been? They canceled it when the pandemic happened. I think they want fans in there, so maybe that'll come soon. But I love that match. I could talk about that all day. That was phenomenal. All right. So, (laughs) next match on the card. Matt Hardy versus Sammy Guevara in the Elite Deletion match. What what were your thoughts on this match? (laughs) I'm sorry. Um... For the most part, the match did what it needed to do. I mean, you got Sammy Guevara coming in his little golf cart with the whole Spanish God thing. Mm-hmm. You got the freaking drone coming over here calling Sammy a dumbass. <laughs> you got Matt Hardy coming in his little monster truck sliding down. And then obviously you got some good physical altercations. And then you get freaking the Inner Circle, Gangrel, Hurricane... <laughs> private party, a bunch of fireworks. Yeah, it turned into definitely. I, I think you and me were confused because neither of us were watching Impact when the original deletion happened. You know, I saw parts of it, like the Lake of Reincarnation. I knew about that. So seeing Hurricane get thrown in there several times and re- keep reincarnating, <laughs> and then saying it's been too long to Matt, like and Matt's like it's been two years. So I had to AEW for this to work. I'm sorry. Say, so I'm not sure what that meant. I hope that was another shot at WWE on that. But match was physical, you know, they're shooting fireworks, you know it it was like physical but it was a comedy match at the same time. I don't know if that's like what the point of those kind of matches are. But once again towards the end of the match, they did the one thing I was hoping they wouldn't do. Sammy didn't protect himself when getting speared onto the concrete. So, can you go into more of the... Because I know you're pretty fired up. Like, can you go into more detail of why that bothered you so much? I mean, we all know... We all know Sammy has a short, short hair, right? And we all know the last time Matt Hardy and Sammy had a fight, (laughs) Matt Hardy got a box... Got busted open. Something happened to Sammy. So, I figured this time around, they would tone it down and not do anything completely crazy. It was a deletion match. It was supposed to be crazy. Okay, but when your skull is busted all the way open on the concrete, it was a hard. There's bump. no way to protect yourself from that sort of bump. I guess though, so. how do you protect yourself on that? Like he's literally spearing him off the ring apron. Yeah. Uh. Well, yeah, you're right. I guess the table could have been moved a little bit farther out. Maybe I guess. I get what you mean because you know everyone was up in roars and arms, including me, when Matt Hardy took that bad bump on. It was like a stadium brawl, I think, between the last two at All Out, I believe, where he pretty much was knocked out and the ref like continue, you know. And so I think you're ta- you're having the same sentiment about that. I don't know if it was the same kind of scenario because Sammy didn't come off wobbly or anything. No, you know, <laughs> just laughing. They're shooting fireworks at each other. You don't see that in pro wrestling very much. No, I'm sitting there thinking, what are we back in World War One? Get have, to the bunker. See so a private party and. You know, inner circle jumping down in the ring on their hands and knees trying to avoid them. And then Gangrel, that was interesting. I'm not sure what that was for except for me just trying to get a surprise appearance. And then Sammy was covered all in mud. 
So the match was entertaining to say at least. I enjoyed it. I thought it did its purposes on what they're trying to do. I mean, I'll, I hope that feud's done because they have ran a course on it a few times now. But yeah, we'll see. I enjoyed it for my first time witnessing a match like that since I missed it in you know Impact. I enjoyed it. All right. So up next we have Jericho versus MJF. If MJF wins, he joins the inner circle. What do you think about that? I thought that this match was actually smart because like because you got the demigod mm-hmm. you got Chris Jericho who's a brilliant mind but MGF over here is also a brilliant mind mm-hmm. so when they both went in there it kind of meshed well now for the most part Jericho was dominating obviously but I think the ending portion of the match was actually freaking hysterical MJF asked for the brass ring. The ref's distracted with Warload. Tries to hit Jericho. Warload, not Warload. <laughs> War, huh? Warload, not Warload. Warload, sorry. You sound like JR over here. I'm bad at names today. I apologize. Anyway, Jericho goes to grab the bat. He's about to swing it at MJF. And he pulls an Eddie Guerrero and bumps. <laughs> I loved it. And then the ref's like, what are you doing? And then immediately, as a smart person, MJF rolls him up, grabs the tights, and we call it a day. Was it weird to me that I feel like Jericho's kind of... I mean, they were doing heel tactics, like Jericho poked them in the eyes and stuff, but it felt weird that... Did you sense Jericho was playing a bit more of a face in that match because you want to see how low MJF can go and not be oh, soft? Yeah. He was definitely playing the face. A little bit. I mean, he was smiling ear to ear when he heard everyone saying Judas, if that meant anything. Yeah. He was pulling, you know, throwback stuff. I mean, they kept emphasizing how Jericho's been to business for 30 years. JR kept emphasizing that a lot. Make sure you knew that. 30 years. Well, and, you know, it's impressive the guy can still do a lion salt. And then... I thought it was funny. The poor referee was getting thrown around. And she's like, stop touching me. Yeah. <laughs> Aubrey Edwards. She's great. So... I enjoyed it. I mean, I didn't think there's much to it. I think it's going to be bigger. The match itself was good. And the ending was great. You know, Eddie Guerrero tribute. Loved it. Big fan of Eddie. If anyone know, doesn't know. Rest you know, in peace. MGF cheating, you know, his way to get into inner circle. You know, kind of something Jericho would have does in his past. We've seen it, you know, time and time yeah. again. You know, but after the match, it's kind of awkward. Is Warlow in the inner circle? He is. But him and Jake Hager, I don't know what was going on there. They kept staring at each other nonstop. <laughs> like I think we're building into a match between those two at some point down the road. Where Hager and Jericho leave inner circle and MJF becomes a new leader, maybe? Maybe. I mean, you can't have two bodyguards, though. Yeah, that's what I mean. So, obviously, Hager's gonna, Hager and Warlow are going to go. I mean, maybe they see something in Warlow and they're going to give him a big push. Or, I don't know. Well, I mean, yeah, he did. He was pretty impressive in the Eliminator tournament. Yeah. So, we'll see. I just find it weird that they literally didn't take eyes off each other. It's like, man, you guys couldn't, you know, you have Hager raising MJF's arm because he, he doesn't want to be next to Warlow, who's raising Jericho's arm. I mean, you guys couldn't have faked it a little better at least? I mean, come on. Well, no, they're showing dissension. They're not trying to yeah. act like they're happy. It was just interesting. I'm curious to see. I mean, Hager and Warlow, we don't know much about Warlow, and Hager's not exactly... <laughs> he's uh, yeah. he's Jake Hager. There we go. So, we'll see. I'm interested. I think 
as weird as it sounds, that MJF might take over Inner Circle, or he's gonna just break it and cause dissension, and they might give Jericho a you know face push because people love the guy. I mean, they're seeing Judas and stuff. He's not a heel. He's a definitely anti-hero. To, I can't wait for that day to where we can sing Judas live. Yeah, who knows? That's right. not a hero there. Up next, we got, I believe, the main event, which is Eddie Kingston versus John Moxley. I'm skipping over the interview with Orange Cassidy, the best friend, and, you know, Miro, Sabian, and yeah. Penelope. I think that was stupid. I I like Miro, and I think he could be, could be a star, but they're using him not great. So we're going to skip over that. So what did you think about the main event? First of all, the main event is a five-star match, hands down. You can talk about that all day long. Secondly, this is how you do a modern-day I Quit match. You didn't need any blood, which for the most oh, part is shocking. There was bleeding, but it wasn't over-the-top other oh. company. You could tell, okay, that's a little overboard type of blood. Well, AEW's done overall blood plenty of times, so I mean... <laughs> But you're right. It wasn't like they're pouring out blood out of the top of their head. I get what you mean. I mean, you could just you could tell the storyline of the sense of both men were not going to quit. You literally have two best friends clashing over a title. One knows that he's not gonna, he's not going to get the title. He made a promise he's not going to keep. The other one is over here being a jealous. Oh, you stabbed me in the back. You left me high and dry to go be famous type of storyline and it just it just worked I mean there were thumbtacks alcohol rubbing Could alcohol could you imagine pouring alcohol on you on an open cut no, yeah that would hurt that would hurt really really bad so never do that <laughs> no never do that and at the end where you're getting choked out with a barbed wire head, headlock it was a barbed wire bulldog choke yeah so. I'm sorry, but that's the type of match I do would not want to be in. Okay. <laughs> Did the violence live up to your expectation, knowing they're past both of you guys past? Yes, it did. See, this was my first time seeing Eddie Kingston in a ring, so. Well, you've missed out then. So I know this lives up to Moxley's past. So, I think you know they did what they could, but you know. You can't do what you did on the indies. You know, you still, yeah, it's a pay-per-view, but you still work for a company and, you know, TV contracts. I think they did great. The rubbing alcohol spot, I cringe for because, you know, I've had that happen on a cut before, so I couldn't imagine it done the whole dang back. That had to hurt real quick. Real bad. Yeah. And, you know, the tax, you know, the barbed wire across the face, you know, the barbed wire wrapped around the head, you know, they had all kinds of violence in there, and I thought it was great. The storytelling was great. Uh, I'm ring gear. Um, Eddie Kingston was wearing it was a good tribute. I'm trying to remember the name now. I don't know why I'm blanking, but he did a great tribute. To, uh, hold on. I know I'm not. I, I should know I shouldn't be looking this up on the show right now, but it's blanking me right now. So we're gonna look it up real quick because I don't want to get the name wrong. But I thought it was really cool that he was doing a tribute. Who it could be? I'm not gonna say it out loud because I don't want to look like an idiot. I'm trying to figure out who's wore that ring here before. Oh, it's not a current wrestler. It's a... Oh, my God. No, it's a past one, obviously. I knew... I know that. I just can't remember who. All right. 
I know it's. I'm gonna. It's Mitsuhura Mizawa. I can't. I know I said that completely wrong, but absolute legend. Either way, it's cool to me to see Eddie Kingston kind of doing a tribute. You know, so I, the match was great. You know, unfortunately Kingston didn't become champion, but you know, what's next for him? Do you think? He he's he's officially signed, right? Yes. Uh. He's probably not done with Mox. I don't see this rivalry ending anytime soon. But Omega's Mox is number one contender. Okay, so maybe he goes and does something with a TNT title or helps somebody else. But I think these two meet at some point down the road again. So I believe he's still in the tag team. I thought with the Lucha Bros. But then again, I see the Lucha Bros. I think are having another match against each other in a singles match this week on Dynamite. So. Yep, the rematch. So um, are they getting split up? I don't think so. It's just good wrestling. Yeah. So I'm excited. You know, I hope Eddie Kingston gets a push, you know, whether it's for you know, the TNT title. You know, that's a little clogged up with Cage and Starks. But hopefully he gets something going for him because that was a hell of a match. Eddie Kingston's a hell of a wrestler. Has quite, quite the background. I'm just so glad even still to see him getting this big opportunity it makes me so happy so that's a wrap on the you know aw um full gear any last thoughts was it worth the money to you oh it was hands down worth the money i'm looking forward to, for the revolution next yeah that's what february january february 27th 2021 yeah one of the last show that aw revolution was one of the last shows of a full arena so maybe, hopefully, they'll have a full arena again, depending on how COVID, but, you know, we can't dictate things on that. So I look forward to Revolution, and, you know, it's kind of nice not to have pay-per-views every month, so hopefully they'll have some great build-up, and, you know, I hope AEW just keeps doing what they're doing, for because the, for the most part, they're doing great. Yep, and we look forward to year two with them, right? Yes, sir. So, all right, guys, that's your AEW Full Gear review and recap, and I'm your host, Dustin Structure, my co-host. Dave. And stay going, my friends. Bye.